Hey, Momo, how many drivers do we have in today's race? E 23, sir. What? We need 24 drivers! You know what to do. Ah, uh, you know. Send in the field filler. Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our hosts, Vanilla Wafers. Hello everybody, welcome to the back of the field and as well as the bottom of the playlist. This is Vanilla Wafers and welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. We're getting ready to start race number two in the middle of our NASCAR return back to real racing. But unfortunately, it looks like we're going to have more weather problems regarding this race because it looks like they're having flash flood warnings as well as about an 80% precipitation and the weather forecast for Darlington, South Carolina. So I really don't think we're going to be seeing a race today, and th that sucks. The last thing NASCAR needs, they're getting this hype. Everyone's coming in and just being like, wow, let's watch these races since there's nothing else to do with our lives. Now that we're getting rain delays, and it sounds like we're going to probably be racing tomorrow at noon, which is Thursday, May 21st. Let's hope that's not the case. They said they're going to push it up to 3 o'clock in the afternoon Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern. I'm recording this a little bit earlier, so we might be watching a race by the time you're listening to this. We might not be, but I'm betting the fact that we're probably not watching a race today. That's overall what the beginning of this podcast is about. And we have a theory. There is a theory going around on social media, and it's more of a conspiracy theory. They're calling it the DW Weather Conspiracy. And here is the, the theory. Cue the dramatic music. <coughs> here we go. Dale Waltrip has been an announcer for Fox Sports since the beginning of the 2001 season. He has never missed a race, but unfortunately, the 2019 year was the final year that he would be in the broadcasting booth for Fox. There has been speculations that ever since Foxes came back, they've had an enormous amount of problems regarding the weather, going back to the Daytona 500, where the race got delayed to Monday. And there's also been rain plaguing multiple races, including even the last race at Darlington. Many people are speculating, why in the world are we suffering from rain every single race we almost go to this year, especially ones even on the West Coast, where rain doesn't even exist. The theory is DW has sent out a curse to the NASCAR world where there might be rain plaguing every single race until he returns back to the announcer's booth. We have looked at the weather for the next three races, so why don't you decide? Wednesday, we have flash flood warnings at Darlington, South Carolina, which might reduce the chances of us racing on Wednesday and rather on Thursday. The Coca-Cola 600, which will be held at Charlotte, North Carolina, has suffering from a potential rain forecast in Sunday and Wednesday of upwards to 70%, potentially postponing those races as well. So many come to ask, what is DW doing behind closed curtains? Is he getting freaky with Mother Nature, or are we just getting freaked out for no reason? You decide on this new conspiracy theory. I'll tell you what, that's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. What kind of conspiracy theory is that? I know, I know, I know. It is a ridiculous theory. I do not believe it at all. If you do believe it, uh, you probably have tinfoil on your head, and you probably listen to Alex Jones religiously. 
However, it is a good conspiracy theory because we haven't had a lot of weather problems uh, this year. It just ha so happens to be the year that DW is no longer being an announcer. So, like I said, we may have a race today. We may not. I'm going to lean towards we don't. So, instead of looking at the final results for the 500K race at Darlington, race number two, let's look back at a more recent conspiracy. This one is second to the DW1. This one happened in 2011. And if you are a Jeff Gordon fan, you believe in this conspiracy theory more than any other fan would. I am talking about... The Richmond race in the fall of 2011, right before the chase for the NASCAR Sprint Cup. It used to be called the chase. Now it's called the playoffs because they're, they're trying to attract NFL fans because it's just like, look, we got playoffs too. But anyways, let's go into this. It involves a teammate coming out on the track and spinning out allegedly so that he could give the victory to his partner instead of having someone else win. It's a crazy theory. It might sound ridiculous. But let's look into it. This is The Conspiracy Theory at Richmond in 2011. Speculation about whether they'll spin by Menard that brought out the late caution flag that set up the circumstances that changed the outcome of the race was intentional or not. Race outcomes should be decided by the team's actions like this. How'd that 27 spin, Jeff? Did you see that? That's all right. Karma will come back to haunt you. Why stay out on the track and risk damaging your car or taking someone else out when it's impossible to lose any more spots? When it comes to Richmond International Raceway, they are not strangers to the word controversy. Most people remember the racetrack for back in 2013 involving Michael Waltrip racing. Clint Boyer was racing in the final laps when his crew chief told him about who was leading the race and then told him to itch his arm. What happened within half a lap was Clint Boyer was spinning in the front stretch to bring out a caution. What was even more suspicious was that their teammate, Brian Vickers, happened to go on pit road right before the green flag dropped just to give Martin Truex Jr. another position to secure his chances of making it into the chase. The only thing is, this is not considered a conspiracy theory since it was cracked down and also found out that they were cheating and they were fined and they were punished. The 2011 race, however, is a bit of a different story since there was no penalties or fines given to any of the drivers involved in the incident, but everyone says there is a lot of evidence to say that Richard Childress Racing had an ace up their sleeve well before Michael Walter Racing attempted it two years later. When it came to 2011, NASCAR was in a very interesting time as all the crown jewel events were won by drivers claiming their first victory. This includes Trevor Bain winning the Daytona 500, Regan Smith winning at Darlington, Paul Menard winning at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, David Reagan winning the Pepsi 400, and Marcos Ambrose winning at Watkins Glen. There was also some super exciting finishes and some super exciting stories. Jeff Gordon is starting to make his comeback after a long winless drought. He claims his first victory since 2009 at Phoenix International Raceway. Jimmy Johnson also claims his victory at Talladega in one of the closest finishes in NASCAR history. And Brad Keselowski gets a shocking win in the Blue Douche Machine after winning the race with a fractured foot. Going into the final race of the regular 2011 Cup season, there are many drivers in contention to be the favorite to win the 2011 championship. Most people have their eyes on Jimmy Johnson getting his sixth consecutive championship in a row. 
People also like Kyle Busch, the rowdy kid from Las Vegas. And also people are looking at Jeff Gordon, Carl Edwards, Matt Kenseth, and Kevin Harvick. All these drivers have a great chance at being a championship favorite. Turns out Tony Stewart was actually the championship favorite as he was able to win five out of the 10 races going into the chase. And before this, he didn't even have a victory. Going into the Richmond race, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, and Jimmy Johnson are considered the top three favorites in winning the Richmond race. It is September 11th, 2011, the 10 year anniversary of the tragic events that happened in New York City in 2001. Every driver is looking forward to this final race of the regular cup season. With the new point system and a bunch of drivers having the chance to make it into the chase, a lot of drivers are hungry to get the victory. David Rudiman, out of all people, is the one who's going to start out in row one with Jimmy McMurray starting outside in the second spot. Jimmy Johnson and Mark Martin, both from Rick Henrik, start in row number two. Then in row number three, we have two Richard Childress cars of Clint Boyer in the 33 and Jeff Burton in the 31. Behind them is Kevin Harvick and Carl Edwards from Roush Racings. And then in row number five, we have AJ Allmendinger and Juan Pablo Montoya. Jeff Gordon was not a factor at all. In fact, he started in the 17th position and Kyle Busch, one of the favorites as he won the spring race of 2011, will start off in the 13th spot. There's a lot of stories going into this race and everyone is looking to see who's gonna make it in to the 2011 chase. The green flag drops and there is immediate problems going on with many drivers as cautions will plague the entire race from beginning to end. Drivers such as Andy Lally, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Denny Hamlin, Clint Boyer, Brad Keselowski, and others are all having problems throughout the entire race involving wrecks, spinouts, and accidents. One noticeable caution comes in at lap 172 where Paul Menard hits the wall and gets taken out of the race and has his chances dash to make it into the chase of 2011. This is a most noticeable caution because his name is about to pop up later in this controversy. The favorite is without a doubt Kevin Harvick as Kevin Harvick is leading most of the race. The only people who have been close to a factor has been Carl Edwards who has been slightly behind him and Jimmy Johnson. Kyle Busch has already ran into some problems as he has a flat tire and will have to use the rest of the race to be able to get back up to the front. Unfortunately for Jimmy Johnson, as we're near the halfway point, he gets taken out by none other than Kurt Busch, a driver who he has been fighting with throughout the 2011 season. His chances are dashed and he is no longer going to be competing for the victory at Richmond. One driver that has still not been talked about is Jeff Gordon. As Jeff Gordon has a decent race car, it is nowhere near the likes of Carl Edwards and Kevin Harvick. But the cautions keep coming and the strategy keeps changing and changing. By the end of the race, it is clear who the top three drivers are. Kevin Harvick, Carl Edwards, and Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon has been going in and out of pit road, struggling with a car that's been tight, loose, not wanting to turn, and just downright not fast at all. Alan Gustafson has been making adjustments after adjustments after adjustments. Finally, he gets a chance to run up front. With about 50 laps to go, Jeff Gordon is starting to look like the fastest car on the racetrack as he comes up on Kevin Harvick, who was just past 200 laps led. It almost looks familiar to the races last week, 
as Jeff Gordon was able to hold off Jimmy Johnson in the final 20 laps. However, the roles are changed for Jeff Gordon as he is now the charger and Kevin Harvick is now on the defensive end. It doesn't take long for Jeff Gordon to find an opening and with less than 30 laps to go, Jeff Gordon takes the lead and looks to be getting even more momentum going into the chase. However, something happens with around 17 laps to go. Paul Menard, running numerous laps down after that heavy hit in lap 172, comes onto the racetrack, spins out on the front straightaway, and just stalls the car. It's weird because we notice that he says he has a right rear tire going down, but as the camera shows, the tire is fully inflated. The caution comes out, and everyone goes down pit road. Jeff Gordon's team is fast, but Kevin Harvick's team is faster. As a green flag drops, Kevin Harvick is able to take the lead with Carl Edwards following close behind. Jeff Gordon has no momentum going into the final laps and he is going to end up finishing third trying to hold off Kyle Busch. And Kevin Harvick, who's had a strong season already, claims his fourth victory as he holds off a rushing Carl Edwards who has a good season going for him as well. The race is over, Kevin Harvick gets the victory, Carl Edwards finishes second, and the chase is set up. Drivers such as Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Tony Stewart, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. barely make it in, as other drivers like A.J. Allmendinger, David Reagan, and Clint Boyer will miss out on their chance to make the chase. Close the book, that is the end of the Richmond race. Or is it? NASCAR decided it would be a good idea to go back and check out the number 27 car's radio. Just to remember, Kevin Harvick and Paul Menard are teammates, so it was quite weird to see the number 27 car spin out right when he loses the lead in the final laps. It is also very weird to have someone like Paul Menard keep going around the racetrack with a flat tire when he was numerous laps down having no chance to gain a position or even lose a position. They decided to go into the radio of Paul Menard and his crew chief and spotter to hear what he was saying during the race. This is what they got. 30 to go, 29 lead, 24 on his bumper right now. Check your bowl gauge, Paul. Check your bowl gauge. 13 and a half, watch. Clear by two, 24 to 29 are racing each other hard right now. Now it might be hard to understand what exactly they are saying between the spotter, crew chief, and Paul Menard. However, they do include dialogue. Basically what happens is throughout the entire time Paul Menard is on the racetrack when Jeff Gordon is coming up on Kevin Harvick, all they talk about is the leaders. And when Jeff Gordon is getting ready to pass the number 29 car, they all of a sudden start to scream, check your volt gauge, check your volt gauge. Paul Menard is clearly confused and not sure what is going on. However, when they say Slugger, please turn to Channel 2, who is the crew chief, he all of a sudden starts realizing, oh, I have a tire going down. The next couple of laps, once Jeff Gordon passes and starts pulling away, Paul Menard happens to spin out randomly right on the front straightaway and then immediately hits the brakes until the caution goes out where he finally guns it. It was a very, very odd thing to see, especially if you were a Gordon fan or anybody who was not really a Kevin Harvick fan. So a lot of people were wondering, did he intentionally spin out? Unfortunately, NASCAR did not find enough evidence to penalize the Richard Childress team. A lot of people felt like it was an injustice and realized that maybe 
teams could actually get away with this if NASCAR is not going to do anything. Unfortunately, in 2013, they tried that again, and it was considered one of the biggest black eyes in NASCAR history. I'm not saying that the 2011 year was the year when teams started cheating. This can go all the way back to the beginning, but a lot of drivers and teams started to figure out that NASCAR was letting teams slightly get away with this, which was starting to bring more of a conspiracy theory that teams could actually get away with this. It is unclear to this day if Paul Menard intentionally wrecked that car to give Kevin Harvick the victory, but with all the substantial evidence behind him, it's hard to say that he did not do it on purpose, but that's for you to decide. For now, that race in 2011 will be known as one of the biggest conspiracy theories in modern NASCAR history. And that will conclude this week's story. This one was a fun one to go back over because I was super mad that day when that happened because I, I was a Jeff Gordon fan. So I immediately thought that from the moment that happened that there was something fishy going on. But it's in the past now. Neither of them won the championship anyways. And Paul Menard, I don't think ever even made the chase, honestly. I think he may have made it once, but he was eliminated in the first round. But that will conclude today's episode. We shall see if there's going to be a race tonight or not. I'm going to be banking that there won't be a completed race they might run a few laps but until then we shall see but we might have a race on thursday thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest i have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time so i'm gonna pull the car right on in and collect my last place winnings and i am out you all take care this has been the field filler podcast <laughs>